Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty live cast. We're glad that you've joined us. I'm Andrew Womack and I've got our chief counsel, Richard Harris here. And tonight our guest is here in studio. This is Alex McFarlane. And uh, we'll give a better introduction later, but Alex has come to work with us on our Biblical Worldview mm -hmm. projects. He's held over 50 Biblical Worldview conferences, or around 50. And uh, one of the things that really impresses me about Alex is he's ministered in over 2,000 churches. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Mm. I've been doing this for 50 years and I've not come close to 2,000 churches. What do you do with your spare time? <laughs> Think about how to tell folks about the gospel. <laughs> you don't have any spare time, I bet. Anyway, we're going to have a great time tonight. It'll be good. But Richard, we want him to share with you how you can participate. And we've also got some upcoming events and things like that. So this is Richard Harris. Thank you, Andrew. It's, it is awesome to have Alex with us. Always a good time. And uh, yeah, coming up here, we've got some great events. This week, the Heart of Christmas is happening. So uh, if you haven't got your tickets yet, it's not too late. Just go online at awmi.net and you can get uh, purchase those tickets now. It's December the 10th through the 12th, so Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This is one of just the, the, the greatest things here at uh, Karis Bible College, the Heart of Christmas. It's an awesome Broadway-quality musical full-blown musical performance with costumes and sets and professional actors and all kinds of stuff. You won't be, you won't be sorry if you make it out for that. And then next week, our uh, Christmas Live Nativity. Uh, it's a drive-by thing uh, at Karis Bible College where you can look and see life-size Jesus, Mary, uh, real animals, and all the things. It's, all, it's for the whole family. So check that out. Coming up January 6th through the 8th is the uh, Gospel Truth Conference in Phoenix with Andrew and our good friend E.W. Jackson. That's going to be awesome. Oh, that's going to be a good I'm one. I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to that one too. Um, and then after that, we have the Orlando GTC in February, February 10th through the 12th. So mark your calendars for those awesome events. And Barry Bennett's going to be ministering with me in Orlando. Oh, that's great. So that'll be really good. Barry is one of the best Bible teachers. He's anywhere. awesome. He is really. And he good. just overcame death. I mean, yep. uh, he was basically dead. Yeah, from cancer. And he's back, and man, he's enjoying life. He was talking about he enjoys every single day. So. Oh, that's amazing. He's got a, he's got a renewed revelation for healing. I see Amen. him talking about it all the time. It's really awesome. And um, we wanted to mention also, uh, before we get into our talk here with Alex, uh, the Truth and Liberty website. Uh, encourage you to please check out our resources page there as we're always updating that with new information, new tools, and things that you can use to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. So uh, you might want to check out one of our latest is a blog uh, from... Um, 
uh, gosh, I forget, our good friend at Liberty Council, Matt Staver, yeah. uh, that he guest wrote for us on the oral argument that took place in the recent abortion case. I think you'll find that really encouraging. As you can see, the actual questions that were asked by the Supreme Court justices uh, and how they were answered. So, and then also, um, if you're not a subscriber here at Truth and Liberty, I really encourage you to do that. We are putting out top-notch material, and I'm not just saying that, but every week we send out blogs and information that are designed to make sure that you're informed and equipped. So just go on our website, uh, click subscribe, share your email with us, and we'll add you to the list. And when you do, uh, we will give you, or we will put your name in the hopper and you'll be eligible to receive a free product. Last week, we gave away Financial Stewardship, Andrew's book, and Tim Klein, congratulations, you won that, so you'll be getting an email from us shortly. This week, we're giving away Andrew's book, Excellence, How to Pursue an Excellent Spirit. This is a great book. Comes out of actually the book of Daniel, I think is the opening passage on that, as it says that Daniel had an excellent spirit. And uh, so become a subscriber today and be eligible for that. And then also, uh, interactive, as Andrew mentioned. Post your questions and comments in the chat function on our website or the comment uh, section there on Facebook. If you if you dare to watch on Facebook, if you don't mind being censored, I should say. But uh, And we'll do our very best to get your questions for Alex and Andrew tonight. And then last, I, w I wanted to mention we are supported by the generosity of our Truth and Liberty Coalition members. And if you're not a member, I want to invite you to become one today. Just go on the donate page on our website and fill out the form there for members. All it takes is a recurring contribution of $5 or more per month, and you'll be a Truth and Liberty member. And if you do, we're going to send you Alex's book. We've still got some of these left. This is an awesome book. It's called The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. And, uh, and last thing I want to mention is if you need prayer tonight, uh, just call in to 719-635-1111 uh, and train spirit filled, Word of God trained uh, prayer ministers are standing by to agree with you in prayer. Mm. You're getting more and more like the Apostle Paul because you had two last things. <laughs> and he said, finally, and then he uh, preached four first, more, three more chapters. Finally, my brethren. Hey, give us a report on you going out to Grand Junction. Uh, some people here will remember Tina Peters mm -hmm. and Sharona Bishop, and they were raided again by the FBI. Tell yep. them what happened. Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we, we heard reports and saw headlines that the FBI at the crack of dawn raided their homes out there in little Mesa County, Colorado, barging in, put Sharona Bishop in handcuffs in front of her children, paraded her daughter around by the hoodie, um, and took every electronic device they owned, including her cell phones, their laptops, and everything else. And I just thought to myself, you know, this is too much. I can't just sit here. We can't sit here and let this happen. So I, I uh, started in uh, contacting some people that I know and saying, you know, we need to stand up for them. And so we had a rally out there on the old courthouse steps, and uh, hundreds of people came out, Andrew, with flags and, you know, red, white, and blue and signs in support of Tina and Sharona and calling for, you know, the Constitution, defending our rights, election integrity and all that. And we had a number of speakers, um, you know, uh, State Representative Ron Hanks. We had uh, uh, Todd Whitman, who's running for sheriff in El Paso County. We had um, Tina and Sharona. Uh, I spoke um, and a couple candidates for governor. They showed up, so we gave them an opportunity to say a few words. And it was just really great. It was encouraging and, and uh, positive, and you were calling for the rule of law and everything like that. So, so for great. those that don't know, why did the FBI raid them? What, Good what question. was their pretense? Well, uh, you know, we're not privy to see the search warrant, but I, someone who did told me uh, that it lists these uh, supposed uh, 
probable cause to believe there's a violation of a, some federal law on damage to a protected computer, whatever that is. Uh, second, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And I, you know, I said to people, I don't have access to all the information, but there sure sounds like they found the criminal, now they're gonna find the crime, not the other way around. And for and, those who don't know, uh, Tina Peters was the county clerk and she questioned the election results. Yes. Dominion came to do an update and she knew something bad was happening. So she backed up the yes. machine and then after their update, she compared the backup to what they did and they deleted 29,000 files that included voting records, which is against the law. You have to save those things for two years. That's right. So anyway, I believe that they were totally within their rights, but the FBI has been weaponized and they're terrorizing these people. Yeah, the, uh, they're using them, using the FBI to go after political opponents. And in this situation, I, I can't even understand why the federal government would even be involved. This is a local county clerk who, she gets news from the Secretary of State, they're gonna come in and do what's called a trusted build. And she wants to make sure the records of that election don't get deleted. So she uh, brings somebody in and has a copy made of the hard drive. And once she let the cat out of the bag, then uh, all, all heck broke loose against her. And that's the second raid on her. Yeah. Now they're expanding it. And um, so we just wanted to, to send a message that um, we don't. We don't think this is the right way to handle things in a constitutional republic, and they need to be respecting our rights. And we're getting a lot of traction off of it. There's been a lot of news agencies that have caught it nationwide. That's right. Yeah, it, it is definitely picking up attention. So, um, so I think for we those of you that support truth and liberty, praise God, your your uh, gifts are making a difference. Richard was able to travel out there and put this whole thing together and. It's making a difference. Amen. Anyway, we could talk a long time about that, but we want to get to Alex. Mm. You're a blessing, brother. Well, you all are. <laughs> and Alex has come on with us, and he's helping us with our Biblical Worldview series, and he's kind of, uh, he and the Pickets are directing that together. And uh, we, our most recent one is on socialism, and I tell right. you, it's, it's really, really powerful. Exactly. But, um, Many of the people here wouldn't know you, so could you give a little bit of background? Like uh, I was talking before the broadcast that I really enjoy your testimony about how you got saved and why uh, you got into apologetics and stuff. Well, and biblical worldview. Well, the Lord is so good and it's a joy to be with both of you. Uh, yeah, let me say this. You mentioned the, the biblical worldview curriculum that we're creating, which is going to roll out January 6th. We're very excited about Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I Are you saw, coming to Phoenix? Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, awesome. I, I'll be there. Oh, okay. And uh, GTC, I, I assumed it might be Global Training Conference, but it's really... Gospel what? Truth Conference. Gospel Truth Conference. Okay. But we will be at that in Phoenix, January 6th. You've got to be there. We're going to roll out our curriculum on a biblical worldview response to socialism. And I think this might be the, one of the most timely things we could have ever created. But... Uh, how I got to this part in my journey, the good Lord saved my soul when I was 21 years old, but he worked through somebody. You know, do, doesn't it seem like when somebody gets saved, God works through people, doesn't he? Yeah, he First, uses absolutely. people, absolutely. Yeah. So I was in college, and they're smiling because before we went on the air, I showed them a picture of when I was 21. I was at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, UNCG, and uh, 
I'm not much now, but I really was scary looking back in those days. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> no. You just you look typical for back in those yeah, days. For a you college like boy. A, and, yeah. So I'm driving through the outskirts of Greensboro, a little little area called Pleasant Garden, where my family's been for 200 years. And I see the prettiest girl I ever knew from high school, and she was putting gas in a car, and I wheel in there, I'm driving a delivery truck, and I invited this girl to hear my little band. I had a band, and we played around UNCG. And uh, she said, no thanks, don't want to go to a band, don't need to go to a fraternity party. And uh, she said, how about you come to church? You come to church, our Bible studies on Monday night, you come four straight weeks, and I'll think about going out with you. And, uh, you know, guys, the Lord is so merciful because I tell people at that point in my life, I had not seen the light and I wasn't looking for the switch. <laughs> but she that's said, would good. you like to come to a Bible study? And I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, that's great. I'm all about that. But I, <laughs> but I went to the Lying Bible. Lying through your teeth. <laughs> uh, Lord have mercy on me. But you know what? I went to this Bible study and uh, I was an English major. And I like words. Words are interesting. And for the first time in my life that I couldn't recollect, I was hearing verse by verse teaching. Mm. They're going through the book of Acts, Acts 16, 31. Mm. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So I'm listening. But here's what really got my attention. The the teacher, his his name was Pastor Alford, A-L-F-O-R-D. And I... I tried to find him online. I couldn't find him. I don't know if he's still in the land of the living. But he said in James 2.19, it says, The devils believe, yet tremble. And yet Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, but there's two different words. There's one, awareness of a fact in your mind. Mm. But the other is a a transformed heart. John 3.16. And uh, I could name uh, 1 John 5.1, believe on the Son of God. And he said, it's not enough to say, I'm aware that God exists. Or I even acknowledge Jesus is the Son of God. You've got to repent and trust Jesus. And belief, not that there's a God, but to be born again. And I want to tell you, the first visit, he had my attention. Mm. And I began to get under conviction. So I'm here tonight. I got saved when I was 21. I asked Jesus into my life. I was born again. But uh, if Angie were here, she would say, Alex, talk about Jesus. Don't talk about me. But that girl, and five years later, we got married. Thank you, Lord. I'm here tonight because a girl invited me to a Bible study. She wouldn't go out. She would not compromise till I got straight with Jesus. But if I remember the story correctly, you had a lot of lost friends and mm. they were not very receptive to your conversion and they yeah. started criticizing and that's what kind of pushed you towards apologetics. You had yeah. to start trying to defend yeah. what you believe. Exactly. I went to a little Christian bookstore in Greensboro, North Carolina. I uh, don't know if I'd ever been in a Christian bookstore because all my buddies at school, they, uh, they were like, Alex, come on. The Bible. You, you don't tell me you've fallen for that. You believe the Bible, that 2,000-year-old book? Uh, I said, yeah. And I said, guys, something happened. It's real. Something's changed. And so I go to this bookstore, and I ended up buying two books. One uh, was called Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell, and the other was called More Than a Carpenter. 
and uh, I took them home and uh, had to work, had to go to class. So it was about 7.30 one night, I curled up with these two books I'd bought. Uh, literally, Andrew, at probably 4 a.m., I was still up reading, taking notes. Mm -hmm. wow. And now this is 30 years ago plus, but I wanna say this, guys, with all my heart, um, the resurrection, the empty tomb, the trustworthiness of the Bible, the fact that God is real and the Bible is true, it is real. I'm more convinced than ever. But I began, I got into worldview simply to try to persuade my buddies that they needed to get born again and that Jesus was real. And uh, here we are in the 21st century and we've got secular, really militant secularism yeah. and all sorts of things. I think, though, what we have is an opportunity. Mm -hmm for the body of Christ to drill down deeply. That's why, and I want to say this, and the Lord knows my heart, 30 years I've been in ministry. I've never, ever been as excited about anything that I see God doing as I'm excited about Karis Bible College. I'm, I'm telling you, in a world of, of seemingly unrelenting darkness and so many lost people, God has raised up on the mountains of uh, the front range, we call it, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the most exciting, most spirit-filled, most innovative, fruitful Christian educational experience in the world, I really believe. And he's not just yeah. saying this here because he's with us. He no. says this everywhere he goes. I hear other people reporting about how Alex is out promoting Karis. Well, and he's not just anybody. You've got quite a pedigree yourself. Well, you were president of a, of a seminary and yeah. uh, you've hold some college degrees and stuff like that too. So, Well, you also worked with James Dobson and mm -hmm. were in charge of his biblical worldview mm -hmm. stuff. and. He's been in, interviewed on every news thing, Fox and everything. He's considered an expert by many, many people, and we are just privileged to have you be a part of what we're doing. Well, You're well, bringing some scholarly attention to my um, attempts to... Well, <laughs> praise God. Yeah. Well, you know, um, throughout church history, there, there's a faculty member named Tony Cook. Tony Cook wrote a wonderful book called Miracles and the Supernatural Throughout Church History. Mm -hmm. And he and I were sitting in, there's a lodge here when you come to teach at Karis, we stay in a house together. And whenever things have been really tight, really bad, there's been persecution, really God moves. And what do we have? There's unity, there's intercession and prayer, but the church unifies. And I'm excited as we recommit ourselves to the gospel, as we recommit ourselves to present, explain, defend the faith, and reach this world. Honestly, the people say times are tough, and I understand. But what we have as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to stand strong for truth in this world. Amen. Amen. So let's, uh, I may get you off the subject to where you wanted to go, but we are bringing out this socialism, biblical worldview. Mm. And we've got a list right here. We were making some promos right before this thing. And he's got 10 lies about socialism. This would be a great place for mm. you to just expound on some of this because like the very first one, socialism is compassionate. People are saying that it's helping people. We need to give people free health care and, and guaranteed income and stuff. How do you answer that? Well, the thing about socialism, well, there are a lot of things, but it's not compassionate because I confiscate your money 
the, the earnings that you've worked for are taken away, redistributed, and allocated by people, and the, the workers that have to fund this and feed this monster called the state, they really don't have say. I mean, how is that just to take somebody's money and they have no recourse or say and it gets just Well, but they'll say some people are billionaires and they've got just more money than they could ever use. So we need to tax the rich. We need to take it from them and redistribute it. Yeah. Uh, there's a video of Bernie Sanders online and he's talking about how he wants to eliminate billionaires. And I, I realize, I mean, it's well, one of the that's because he's only a multimillionaire. Yeah, he's not exactly. quite there yet. Yeah, exactly. and if you eliminate the billionaires when they exhaust all of their money, then they'll come after the multimillionaires, <laughs> and eventually you will all be poor. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, Go ahead. There are two false assumptions here. One is what's called a finite pie assumption about yes, economics. that's right. There, and and Marxism and socialism are based on a lot of flawed assumptions. Yeah. Now, let me say this, the biblical worldview curriculum, we spent a, a year, I worked with a, a man named Mike Pickett that many I'm sure will know. Vice president of our ministry. Yeah, and we, we brought here to these studios right in this building, people like E.W. Jackson and David Barton, and of course you're there, and Bob McEwen, world- Bill Federer. Bill Federer. And this curriculum that is, is going to be available very soon, maybe it already is available, I don't know. I know it will be available by January 6, which is only a month from now. But we go into all the history of socialism, how Marxism and Karl Marx uh, rejected Christianity, and it will silence the church, it will destroy America, it will harm the living standard of people as it always does and always has. But one of the flawed assumptions is that there's a finite pie. In other words, if you had food on the table tonight, conversely, some, somebody else in the world didn't have food. And that's just not how economics not work. True. But well, uh, another thing that's a, a wrong assumption is if somebody is successful or prosperous, necessarily they exploited some victim to get that way. And that's not true at all. Mm -hmm. um, it's been my privilege to know a lot of entrepreneurs. And you know what? I've, I know a lot of hardworking people that spent years living just um, very sparsely so they could build a business and then employ people. Now, there's an old saying about economics, and I believe it, a rising tide lifts all boats. And sure, the man who worked hard, lived within his means, used his own money, started a business, and then he, he benefits from the fruits of that business. And that's not a bad thing. Um, capitalism, and, and when I have college students, they'll say, oh, capitalism is bad, because that's all they've been taught. I, I say America, at her best, was what we ought to call principled capitalism. What is the arguments against capitalism? Um, I don't think there are any good arguments against capitalism. But like you said, in our uh, schools, they're teaching that this is evil. What, what are they pointing out that's evil? Well, they, they play on the human emotion of envy. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a student, and you're, you've got student loans. And here's, you know, there are all these billionaires that run the corporations. Isn't that terrible? But do you know what? I, I want to say this, and guys, everything I say, I give God the glory. Psalm 115, verse 1, not unto us, O Lord, give glory, but unto thy name give glory for the sake of the truth. 
So everything I'm saying, I'm trying to say for the glory of God and because of truth. Angie and I know what it is. In 1995, when I finished at Liberty, I'd gone up there and, and done two degrees. Every nickel I could get my hands on, I paid toward my tuition. And I was on the grounds crew. I cleaned out gutters. I taught guitar. I ran a bookstore. I was a youth pastor. And uh, Angie and I left Liberty University with $58 and the shirt on our back. <laughs> Seriously. Well, at now, least they left you something. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you that 26 years later, um, you know, been to 50 states and five continents, and uh, you can tell I hadn't missed any meals. But I, I'm telling you, God, in, in making us work for our living, that's a blessing from God because you learn how to have character and live within your means. And there's what we call deferred gratification. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't go in debt. You, if you want it, you wait till you can pay cash. And do you know what? Eventually you look up one day and, oh my goodness, uh, I've honored the Lord with my substance. You tithe, you give offerings, and God blesses you. And suddenly you can put tires on the car if you need to. And I, I know, honestly, guys, and I give God the praise, growing up on a farm in rural North Carolina, we rode to church in a car. The back floorboards were rusted out of my mom and dad's Buick. And the kids in Sunday school used to make fun of us because we smell like exhaust. Uh, I think we were poor. We just didn't know it. Yeah. I've been on all sides of the spectrum. And I'm telling you, God will bless you. If you say your prayers, work hard, and live right, you can go places in the United States of America. You know, I had a guy that worked for me that his son was part of a group that he went out and uh, planted a church. And when you plant a church from nothing, you struggle. And so there was a group, and I'm not 100% against them, but there is a group that gave him $110,000 or something plus a car and paid the rent on his church to help get it planted. Okay. And in in some ways you think, well, that's really good. But I just thought looking back at my life that if I hadn't gone through those lean times and like you were talking about, learned how to do things, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have the revelation. I wouldn't have learned how to trust God. And I thought this isn't going to work. And sure enough, mm -hmm. the guy didn't stick with it after a couple of years. Really? He left and started doing something else. And that's just, it's a communist way, a mm -hmm. socialist way of doing things to just, without you earning it, yeah. you just are given this. And on the surface, it looks like it's good, but it actually takes away incentive. It's, it's detrimental. You know, there was a, a, a leader in colonial America named Edmund Burke. Mm. And uh, he's kind of famous for two quotes. Now, one is a pretty famous quote. He says, all that, that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Mm -hmm. But I really love a less famous Edmund Burke quote. He said, that which we obtain too easily, we esteem too lightly. In other words, if it's just handed to you, you don't really appreciate it. That's why I think the welfare state, and I believe in compassion. In our worldview conferences, we've done things where we've done conferences and the price of admission is, is non-perishable food. And we've raised thousands of pounds of food to give food banks. And 
I believe in compassion. But if you just hand things to people, they don't appreciate it. Well, you know, when we first got started, we would have panhandlers is what we call them today, and they'd come by and ask for something. And I'd tell them, you come work. And you put labels on our cassette tapes, you clean the office, and you do something and we'll pay you and stuff. And so we tried, tied our compassion to them doing something. Amen. It says in uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, if you don't work, don't eat. Just giving a person something is actually an ungodly principle. If they aren't working, they shouldn't eat. Yeah. So I tied my benevolence to something, and yeah. I was still generous. It's not like I was taking advantage of them, yeah. slave labor, but people feel better when they go out and earn something rather than just being given something through welfare. Yeah, I know. Like, what's the message that socialism sends, especially to young people? Mm. I mean, there's an implied message there, isn't there, that you can't do it, you're not good enough, everything's stacked against you, you might as well not try. I mean, exactly. do you think that has a demoralizing effect on the public? Richard, I'm so glad you bring that up. I, I honestly think you can call it liberalism, progressivism, socialism, Marxism, communism. It's, it's a, a downward slope, but it is demoralizing and it's frankly dehumanizing. It is. And what the left says to people, and, and I understand people are often born into very hard situations and um, come up hard, whether it be in the inner city or, or just abject poverty, but the left says to people, you can't make it without me. You can't make it. You're not smart enough. You're not uh, creative enough. And I honestly think that from LBJ, the Great Society Program, and the billions, billions of dollars of money that's been thrown into the welfare state, it dehumanizes people. Now, the Christian worldview, and we, we're sharing about truth and reality from God's Word. The Word of God, there's good news and there's bad news. Bad news is you're a sinner. And your sin will separate you from God. And the, the worst news is your sin nature, if you follow that sin nature and the temptations where it will lead you, it will destroy you. The good news is Jesus loves you. And he'll forgive all your sins. And the good news is God has blessing for you. And the Lord Jesus will take you places you can't even dream of. The Lord will bless you and prosper you and raise you up like you've never believed. However... You're going to have to let Jesus be the Lord of your life. And you're going to have to live right. You're going to have to work hard. And you're going to have to get clean and stay sober. And the Spirit of God will help you do all that. So when you've got this secular, and let me say it, socialism is godless. Absolutely. It, it is Karl Marx and the, the, the leaders of communism. And uh, for, you look at all of the socialist states from Maoist China to Cuba, to North Korea. You can't practice Christianity in those mm -hmm. places. And uh, by the way, maybe another topic, um, you can evangelize lost people anywhere, but world missions thrives best in a place where people can create wealth and jobs. And, and you look at America for all of our foibles. My goodness, we've been the biggest engine to fund world missions. Mm -hmm. And, and that didn't come out of thin air. People work. You know, guys, one of my heroes is D.L. Moody. In the 19th century, Dwight Moody is amazing story. Um, from the time he got saved to the time he died was less than 30 years. And he turned the world upside down. But he had a big friend um, named Cyrus McCormick who made farm equipment. 
And McCormick created this thing called the Reaper that was some sort of a harvesting machine. And D.L. Moody would call him up and say, I need another million, as in a million dollars. For, or That's did, a lot of money back in D.L. Yes, Moody. Sir. Oh, my God, a million dollars is a lot of money now. But in the 19th century, I mean, that was just unthinkable. Now, how could Cyrus McCormick fund the worldwide evangelistic campaign of D.L. Moody? Because he was a businessman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and see, um, socialism would have never allowed something like that. They would have taken away his opportunity to right. prosper and have made him just like everybody else. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, the, the message of socialism, going back to that, it, there's no room for God in there, is there? You're saying you can't do it. There's, and how do you say that and say trust in God for your needs, you know, yeah. and, and follow God's plan for your life and dream and have faith? It, they're incompatible, aren't they? They, they are. You know what Jesus does? Jesus saves us from our sins, but Jesus saves us from ourself. Amen. Yeah, amen. Because we get a new set of priorities. And the, the genius of America, William Bradford in the Pilgrim Colony, they realized very quickly that communism didn't work. And if you read the notes of William Bradford in the Plymouth Colony, uh, for just a very, very brief moment, they tried okay, everybody, we're all going to hold it in common and we'll dole out what your daily rations. And Bradford said, look, people, if they know they're going to get a meal, they're not going to work. So what he said is everybody has your own piece of property. Here's a little piece of land. You want food? Grow a garden. You want a house? Build your house. And they realized that private property ownership was this incentive that made people work hard. But socialism takes everything from you and takes away your individuality and makes yeah. you part of a collective. Yeah. And you're just one of a group. And it de-incentivizes well, um, wealth. It, you have no motive to do anything because if you work hard and produce twice as much as you do, they're going to come take it from me and share it with everybody else. So what's the point? It actually rewards failure, doesn't it? It, it does. incentivizes laziness and failure and, and conformity. And yet people who are critical of capitalism will come along and say, but some people don't perform as well as others, and so they're going to be left behind. And yes, yes. that's true. They have, there are consequences to laziness. The Bible talks about the sluggard. Mm -hmm. It's like a door that hangs on a hinge. It just <laughs> rotates. It mm -hmm. never moves, never mm -hmm. gets anywhere. A little sleep, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will come on thee That's like right. a thief. Yep, talks about the sluggard. I was just teaching on that yeah. this week in school. You yeah. know, uh, Bob McEwen, uh, you mentioned him earlier. I heard him one time say that free, I like the word free enterprise rather than capitalism, but he said free enterprise actually incentivize, rewards people who meet the needs of others. That's right. Amen. Isn't that a powerful that idea? Is. That, that is a wonderful idea. And, and I would say this, free enterprise, principled capitalism, free enterprise, is the most moral economic model mm. because it offers people a job, it meets needs, and listen, uh, I, I had an interview with a leader from Gannett News. I'm not going to say his name, but he's a reporter from the Gannett. They, and this guy was not a Christian, and he was agnostic, wasn't sure about God. And you know what he said to me? He said, I think it's wonderful that churches have uh, tax-free status. He said, because the government could not do the benevolence that the churches do. Uh, there's an article in the news right now where some of the left is saying, well, churches should not have nonprofit status. Mm -hmm. Since I believe 1896, Congress has uh, made it where churches don't pay tax. 
actually churches do pay tax. They pay payroll tax. They contribute. But even this journalist from Gannett News said to me, uh, and I, I was prepared. I thought he was going to be one of these, you know, make churches pay income tax on tithes and offerings. And he said, no. He said, churches do so much. Food kitchens, clothes closets, literacy programs, teaching English, helping the widows and the orphans. He said, there's no way the government could take up the slack of all the benevolence done by the church. And he said that the government, even if they tried, couldn't do it as well. Right. And this was from a secular... And that's just talking about physical things. But then when you look at how they impact people and stop people from being crooks and murderers and right. divorce and on and on, things that the government would have to take up the slack and institutionalize the people and do all of that. I guarantee... We just had a economic study done on our ministry here, and I forget the details now, but they're predicting like $50 million worth of benefit to the local economy because of the things that our 987 employees do and the property yeah. tax and, and all of the things that they do and the services and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. Well, and and of course, the greatest, most valuable difference of all, the most precious treasure, is souls being born again and going to heaven, not hell. But even in this life, because when Jesus comes in, uh, your life changes. Uh, Billy Graham once went to Scotland, and the story is told of how uh, a lady that had a fruit stand, a vegetable stand, she got saved. And some of her skeptical friends were like, you know, explain this. She said, all I know is this. My scales used to have a false bottom, and now they don't. Meaning she was honest in how she weighed the vegetables. Because there's the old saying of, you know, back in New York City in the 50s, uh, the pro-communists said, you know, communism will put a, a new, so new suit on that man. And Billy Graham said, well, Jesus will put a new man in that suit. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> See, socialism doesn't even acknowledge God. It's agnostic, and so they don't value people. They don't value changed lives. It's all about the whole system. And it's just dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an ungodly principle. There's another phrase that's common these days. That's, it's like socialism, but it's called social justice. What is that, and is that biblical? Well, you know, to the best of my ability, the, the, the phrase social justice comes from Alexander Hamilton in the Federalist Papers. But Alexander Hamilton meant 180 degrees opposite of what the progressive liberal socialists today mean. Alexander Hamilton, uh, and by the way, the Federalist Papers were initially some writings that were trying to persuade Connecticut to ratify the Constitution, and ultimately they were so persuasive and they were circulated throughout the colonies, and the uh, fledgling states adopted the Constitution. This is around 1789. But Alexander Hamilton, who I believe was a Christian, he said the only way we will have a socially just country in other words, it's fair, it's moral, it's true, it's safe, it's stable, it's prosperous, is what? If we build our nation on the Decalogue. Now, that means the Ten Commandments. Right. Now, the founders of the country, they believed in morals. They, I mean, 1948, Harry Truman was giving a lecture to attorney generals around America, and he, he said the genius of this country is it was based on Isaiah, the Sermon on the Mount, and St. Paul, and Moses. All right, what do we have? Moses, that's the Ten Commandments. Isaiah, 
from Isaiah, we really get uh, a reference to what later became known as the three branches of government. The Sermon on the Mount, that's Matthew 5 through 7, love your neighbor, do good. And then Paul, Harry Truman was referencing Romans 13, 1 through 7, about the powers that be are sanctioned by God. Now back to your question about social justice. The founders and most of our greatest leaders up until recent years, they knew the country was based on biblical principles. Now, you can believe or not believe, but our government was based, and this was the secret, this is the X factor, why we have been the greatest nation since Israel under King Solomon. We were socially just because we were based on moral truth. But the reprogramming and I would say really the indoctrination of wokeness and progressivism is saying, okay, abolish all moral boundaries. You just do whatever you want to do. But that's anarchy. Absolutely. And um, I mean, if you look at through 2020, things like in Minneapolis and much of Michigan and on the West Coast, Seattle, Washington, the anarchy, the chaos, the, the smash and grab uh, theft in businesses, that's what an America without moral boundaries looks like. Nobody disagrees that people need to be compassionate and that people need help. Of course. But the argument is who's responsible. And I remember Davy Crockett. He was elected to Congress. And Davy Crockett, they were wanting to tax something so that they could deal with a certain situation. And he stood up and he says, it is not the government's job to meet these needs. And he says, if every person in this Congress would chip in, and he gave a certain figure, we could solve this problem. And he took up an offering mm -hmm. and they did it. Instead of making a law and taking money from people and then redistributing it, they just gave compassionate. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Gerald Ford that said that a, uh, or I'm not sure who it was, but anyway, a government that is large enough to give you everything that you need is also large enough to take everything from you that you have. Mm. And so, yes, we believe that people need to be helped, but it is the responsibility of Christians. And as we minimize Christianity and devalue Christianity, Christians are meeting less of the need and, and government is stepping in. We need a revival amen. to see this whole thing turn around. Yeah, amen. amen. We need to take some questions. I, we're doing some good things. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got so absorbed in this. I didn't even realize to that. Ask some questions. We had some, but we do have some questions coming in, uh, Alex. And uh, uh, this uh, person, Anna, asks, do most people accept your apologetic response uh, once the argument is complete, or <laughs> do they continue to fight against the truth? Mm. It, it depends. Mm -hmm. You know, when Paul was at Mars Hill in Acts 17, some said he's a babbler, he's crazy. Some said, we'll hear you later on. We'll hear you again on this matter. And, but some believed. Yeah. Uh, I was very blessed. Andrew, do you recall the name Bill Bright of Camp oh, Crusade? Sure. I was so blessed in 1989, I had him for personal evangelism. And his son Brad told me that was the last time he taught a college course. But Bill Bright used to say, um, Faithfulness in witnessing is to share the gospel in the power and leading of the Holy Spirit and leave the results up to God. So if Paul didn't get everybody converted, some put it off till later and stuff, we shouldn't expect to have better results. We, we're a witness. We aren't the judge and jury. That's right. That's some, right. some believe and some don't. 
but yeah. we pray for them all. Yeah, and you continue to speak the truth. Well, Lindsay on chat asked this question. When the media says to get the shot to protect other people, otherwise you're being selfish, is this the way they're trying to train us to think socialistically? Uh, that's an interesting question, isn't it? That is an interesting question. Well, I, one of the reasons I love Truth and Liberty that the Lord has raised up this almost as, as kind of a news bureau is because like the media, get the shot, spin the truth. Oh my goodness, there's, it used to be rare that we would talk about how they would conveniently omit certain facts and then conveniently impress or try to put a narrative forth. I think one of the responsibilities for Christians and really all freedom-loving citizens, we have to be diligent, not just blindly, passively listening to some news. We've got to seek what is real and what is true nowadays, don't we? You know, even if I agreed with the vaccine, I would resist it on principle, just the fact that it's being dictated and mandated. This yeah. ought to be a choice. Mm -hmm. Now, we can discuss the morality of the vaccine. That's a separate issue. But the separate the vaccine, just being told that you can't buy or sell or travel or work yeah. unless you conform to putting something in your body that they're telling, that's, that's against everything that America stands for and every Christian ought to be standing against it even if you believed in the vaccine. Exactly. I mean, it's, it is setting such a terrible precedent that the government can, and, and let me say, uh, you know, the Bible says the grave is never satisfied and neither are liberals. Yeah, I mean, right. if, if they True. can control us on power. one front, that, aha, we can control this, that, and the other. You're, you're right. I mean, merely the fact that it's being mandated, that's counter to everything this free republic has been about. You know, speaking of truth uh, that and that rally that we did last week, the, the news reports coming out of this rally just yeah. flabbergasted yeah. me because... I read one of them and it was lies. There's just outright lies in there and, yeah. and they have no basis for what they're saying, but they say it anyway. You know, and I'm wondering, we talked about socialism. Is one of the characteristics of a socialist government and the more socialists they become, do, do they also sacrifice truth of their media? I mean, you always see these propaganda machines in these governments, don't well, you? Sure, the truth will set you free. Yeah. If they allow the truth to be spoken, nobody would believe their lives. They can't control people anymore. Hitler had uh, Goebbels and his ministry of propaganda and all of the dictatorial regimes because truth is against socialism, communism, dictatorships, but all of the regimes have had to have their ministries of propaganda. I mean, you look at North Korea and they try to paint themselves as a, a wonderful paradise, this utopia on earth. And then, you know, people get in there and see the real story. Wherever socialism goes, the condition of human beings suffers. Yeah. And so, um, the, the dangerous thing about America right now is that the Bernie Sanders and the squad and the AOC, uh, they have got several arms of propaganda, not the least of which is American public education, uh, CNN, MSNBC, and most of the major networks. And then they've got pundits and they've got Hollywood celebrities yeah. that live in their isolated bubble. And, and look, I love the arts and uh, I, have played music and I love certain movies like It's a Wonderful Life. I just watched that. Yeah, it, awesome. My, my favorite movie. But let me tell you, uh, we don't look to Hollywood for moral truth. And we don't look to Hollywood 
for how our nation ought to be run. For moral truth, I look to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. For this great nation, I study the lives of our founders that laid down their life to give us a free America. That's what, one of the reasons I love Bill Federer. Mm -hmm. I read our history. So, um, guys, in, in the late 1950s, there was a man named Mortimer Adler. He was the editor of Encyclopedia Britannica. He later became a born-again believer. But he said this. He said, and this was before he got converted to Christianity, but he said, the great storm of propaganda that beats upon the citizen 24 hours a day means America will fall to the loudest, most persistent propagandists, or the people must strengthen themselves, learn to think critically, and fight for truth. And let me just amplify on that last thing, that if Americans would stand up against this, they cannot cram socialism down our throats without our consent. And to prove it, you know, some of the military, I think there was 18,000 yep. military people that refused the vaccine. They've now rolled back the mandates because of the opposition to it. And the same thing is happening. The reason they're putting in mandates after the first of the year is because they know it would affect the economy over Christmas if they put these restrictions. They cannot do this if people would stand up. Yep. And yet they're just being intimidated and thinking, I've got to go along with things. And if all of us would stand up, they could not put these restrictions on us without our cooperation. That's and right. if we give up our liberties, they aren't going to give them back. No. Mm -hmm. no. We've got to stand and fight. Well, Alex, what, uh, you know, I've, I've read some articles recently that the wokeism is actually invading many churches and, mm -hmm. and even like some of the largest denominations in America, the Baptists, for example, are struggling with it. Uh, what do you have to say to pastors and Christian leaders out there? What do we need to do to push back on this stuff? Well, great, great question. And I, I realize there's so many words coming into the vernacular nowadays mm -hmm. and socialism and intersectionality and critical race theory and systemic this and uh, unjust that. Wokeism is really, I would say, a, a new way of restating um, common old truths. Uh, not truths, but a narrative. The narrative is that all, and I, I remember this from 20 years ago, the feminist movement said all men are rapists. I remember where um, feminism said that marriage is a form of state-sanctioned rape. And, and, you know, forgive me for using such frank language, but this is what these godless philosophers are talking about. Now, wokeness has some ideas. And, and by the way, uh, the idea is that slaves that were on the run had to stay awake and sleep with one eye open. That's very tragic. I thank God that because of our Christian DNA, we're the only nation in history that fought an internal civil war with itself to get slavery ended. And I'm thankful that because of Christians, there was the abolitionist movement mm -hmm. and slavery was ended. Praise God. And thankfully that uh, the civil rights movement of the 60s was, was put into law. And so nobody in America has to sleep with one eye open. But wokeness says, look, um, the state is wrong, and if somebody is in a position of authority, necessarily they are oppressors. And anybody who's not in authority is oppressed. And wokeness is against marriage. It's for LBGTQ, trans, pansexuality. 
Uh, wokeness is simply this, and, and I really think we, maybe we might have to do a big teaching on this, but wokeness, you might think it's about politics and economics, it isn't. Wokeness might be the most serious threat to the spread of the gospel in, in 2,000 years because it globally, there's a global woke movement to try to make it a crime to say sinners must repent. Mm -hmm. It's a crime to say, son, you're a boy, you're a male, a, a little girl is a female. It, it basically not only will globally criminalize Christianity, it, it pretty much tries to abolish just basic moral boundaries. Well, they're thinking that Christians are the ones who made homosexuals feel bad about what they're doing, and so you got to silence Christianity. There are no absolutes, rights and wrongs, and on and on. So they have to attack the truth in order to promote and advance their lies. It's, mm. So they, they have to attack it. You know, I had uh, a college student not here at Karis, this was somebody else, said to me over the summer, well, I, I, you know, homosexuality is wrong, I don't stand for it, but I don't think the government ought to be involved in defining what marriage is. And I was so set back by this, I couldn't even make sense of it in my mind thinking about it. But the government does have a role in defining marriage Absolutely. and family and these special relationships. But it's not the government's, the government doesn't get to invent it, do they? Aren't these natural uh, rights that God has put in place? Well, sure. from our Creator, all men are uh, endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. The government doesn't establish what's right and wrong. The biblical uh, foundation of this nation established it. Mm -hmm. And when you start taking away all of the morality, well, then you're going to say, well, what makes putting people in prison right? This Prentice Colors and all of these others that founded Black Lives Matter, they want to turn everybody out of the prisons and let them go. Who said that these people are wrong for going out and robbing? Mm -hmm. They just were fulfilling a need. And mm -hmm. so you start redefining everything. You mm -hmm. cannot exist as a nation without boundaries. That's true. Yeah. And they're, they're out to do away with it. Prentice Culler said she's a trained Marxist mm. and she founded Black Lives Matter to overthrow the nuclear family, talking about a husband and wife thing. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's demonic yeah. what's happening. We've got to stand against it. It's interesting that I think she just bought a $5.1 million house in Los You know, Angeles. I just heard today that uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, is buying a $25 million house and she makes somewhere around $300,000 a year yeah, and yet she's able to buy a $25 million house. That makes you think that she's somewhat selling her services to somebody. <laughs> yeah, what are her sources of income? We need to know. Well, you see, that's the contradiction of secularism and progressivism. Even the most ardent socialist, they themselves like to live Absolutely. as a capitalist. Even the yeah. most vehement pro-choicer is glad at least one person was pro-life, <laughs> Yeah, i.e. Right. their mother. That's yeah. right. That's right. I remember going through Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin back during the Soviet days before the Soviet uh -huh. Union was broken up. And you drove through Checkpoint Charlie and I was surprised because there was mansions. I mean, really fancy mansions on both sides. But then as you continued to drive, that's where all the proletariats lived, all of the people who were in charge, and they were milking the system, and they were living in splendor while all of the other people couldn't keep the lights on, mm -hmm. freezing during the winter and stuff. So it's just, it's inequitable. It doesn't work.
Absolutely. We need to stand against it. We got time for one more question here. Well, Alex, I, th I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the Dobbs versus Mississippi case. Uh, the oral argument was last week. I know you're not an attorney, but all eyes are on that case um, and the uh, the possibility that it might overturn Roe versus Wade. I just wondered if you might comment on that. And then where are we in our culture? Are we are we getting closer to God or farther away from God? Is there a revival happening or is all hope lost? No, well, hope is never lost for the Christian because our God conquers the grave. Amen. Three days Amen. after the burial, there's a resurrection. Amen. So for a believer in Jesus, uh, there's always reason to be hopeful. Uh, I do think, uh, let me get to the second part of your question uh, after this. Uh, I do think that there's the wheels of revival are turning and I think God in his mercy is sending a wonderful awakening. Um, regarding the Supreme Court and abortion, this is why it might turn out that Brett Kavanaugh and Amy uh, uh, Coney Barrett and Neil Gorsuch were just divine appointments if they stand by their legal philosophy, which to the best of my knowledge has been what we call natural law. And I think that the most, I really believe this, listen guys, the most important topic that almost nobody is talking about is natural law or the moral foundation of our country. That's mentioned a number of times in our founding documents. Yes. Oh, exactly. We got less than two minutes yeah. here. So, so I am pro-life as a Christian, obviously, but even before Christianity, we should be against abortion because the Creator gives all people the right to life. Mm. life. Uh, abortion is unconstitutional. Absolutely. So I think a revival is coming, and the good news is every, every single one of us can participate in it. Amen. We can stay informed, we can say our prayers, and we can influence others. Mm. Amen. Amen. I agree. So again, let me just mention that we have this new uh, product out on biblical worldview on socialism, and it will be officially released on the 6th of January. So, but you can go to our website or you can inquire about it, and it would be a real blessing to you. You know, Andrew, we forgot to mention Alex's new book. He's okay. got a, you. You got a new book out. Can you talk about it in 20 uh, seconds? 100 Bible questions and answers published by Broad Street Publishing in Minnesota. Wonderful, great publishing group, and. Uh, Basically, we just answer what I think are pretty tough questions from 10 years of our live radio show. That's awesome. That's great. So again, we want to thank you for being with us. We also want to thank CTN for carrying this on their network. What a blessing they are to do that. And we do this every Monday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And we have on guests just like Alex. We've had on uh, governors. We've had on senators. We've had on all kinds of people. Um, We've had on Glenn Beck has been yeah, on here, and exactly. I mean it's a it's it's a big deal. Plus, you can go back to our website and you can see all of those archived uh, programs that we've had. So again, thank you for joining us, and we encourage you to make it a normal thing. Go to our website, truthandliberty.net, and you'll be blessed. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 